Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm-hmm. So let me introduce Opinda. Opinda is my cousin from my mum's side. She is my mum's sister's daughter. So we're first cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always proudly gone around and said, you know what? You might be all my cousins, but I am the queen bee because I am the yes. oldest of all of you. <laughs> and I've always said that since we were kids, right? So, always, always. So I'm the eldest of all of our cousins. My mum has two sisters and a brother. Um, and we were quite a lot of us, actually. I think your mum's got you lot four. We're four. three. Uh, the other Masi, she's got th- four? Three? Three. And then three. Mama G has two. Two. Yeah. I think there's two like daughters. 15 or something. Yeah, a lot of us. A lot of us. So on my mum's side, I'm the eldest of all the grandchildren. And you're you're kind of like you're a middle kind of person, aren't you? You kind of like sit in between. The second oldest of my siblings, there's four of us. There's my older sister, me, and then my brother and younger sister. Yeah, but then you've got us lot. So we're all older than you lot. So then you've got three ahead of you. Then there's your older sister. Then there's Vix. Is Vix older than you? No, Vix younger than me. I'm the I'm no the way. middle one. In my family. Yes, Vix. Uh, yeah. My older sister's one year older than me. Then there's me. And then Vic came a year later. And then my younger sister came five years later. She was a surprise. Um, this journal of Missy D, can I say, OP, has been going really, really well. I've been getting, getting amazing feedback on it. And I don't know if you've heard it, but it's a journal of me. I think it's awesome. I love the way that you're just um, sharing with people. You're just, you make me laugh. You just like also at the same time there's laughter, but there's the way that you're sharing it is so real and so raw. And I think that's, that's a, that's a gift that you have that I've always admired actually from way back when, because when you speak, there's something very, uh, if I keep it real, just authentic. And a lot of people don't do that. There's too much, uh, like, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say showiness, but it's missing the authenticity. And that's, that's what's needed right now. I've got, Opinda on or OP Opinda. I'm calling it OP. She calls herself Opinda. Um, like I said, I don't really OP wanted to have guests on the journey of Misty just to kind of sell people. But what I wanted to do was to bring people on that I know that I know can help others. As you know, uh, I have been on this healing journey, right? And uh, I wanted to bring you on as my first guest because. I always say credit's due where credit is due. You know my journey, how ill I've been. And I still remember clearly you were the first person to put me on the path of some form of healing. So I remember about five, six years ago, I think it's about six years ago. I think my mum was not here. She was in America or something or somewhere. I don't know where she was. She was not here in England. And I remember 
speaking to you and you're like, cause you know, we, we've got to sort you out. And then you'd done some kind of distant healing for me. Um, you had then got me to do some visualizations and some meditations prior to that. You'd already tried to do healing, but I wasn't really into that in that realm before, which we'll talk about. And then we started on the whole dumping thing. So from the dumping journey, which uh, people don't even understand what dumping is, I think it's mine and your special word for it, but people calling it, they call it journaling, but you call it dumping. I don't know, we'll go into why you call it dumping. So since then, you were probably my first healer. And as you know, I've got lots of healers now. I have lots of therapists, lots of healers, and they're all doing the thing. And I'm doing this whole EFT thing. But like you were the first person to even introduce me to healing. So I wanted to introduce you to the world as my first guest on the journal of Missy D. So I just wanted you to tell people your story. Who are you? What do you do? How, how did you become a healer? Cause I can remember, um, many years ago, uh, when I met you, you had, you'd kind of disappeared off the radar. We'd go to Livingston. <laughs> Livingston, by the way, is in California. And that's kind of, I would say my second home because that's where we grew up and we'd always go to America. We'd go to Nana Nana. We'd always stay at your house on Ninth Street, 1622 Ninth Street, was it? It had a blue, it had, it was blue. I'm sure it was blue and white, the house. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. So we'd all grow up, we grew up together. Then all of a sudden, Opie, <laughs> Opie disappeared. And then Opie would come back. It's like, where's, where's Opie? She's gone to Colorado. And then Opie's gone to her something Pismo somewhere. And then you'd see little slices of you. And the more and more you'd kind of gone away, you come back and all of a sudden you become this like, Oh, I do breath work. I do healing. And we're like, what the beep is she on about? Because we, we were just like, Healing hadn't touched us. We didn't understand it. And uh, at one point we were told that you were in a sect and you'd joined some cult. And uh, we were going, well, maybe because she's gone weird on us. Tell me, how did you get from being just crazy OP from Livingston to kind of starting to travel and then apparently joined a sect or some kind of thing? So tell me what happened. Oh, Lord. OK, where did we start from? Um, well, from... I think where I should start from is Livingston. Like you said, that's where it all started, where you lived for a short period of time. What we all grew up with my siblings, small little town. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Um, I guess you could say from a very young age, I was a little rebellious. The only girl to play, Indian girl to play sports in the town. Oh, um, remember having conversations with my dad. Yeah, no, no other Indian girl had played sports. I wanted to do track in the fifth grade. It's different from England um, grading, but... I think that's when you're like, I don't know, 10 or 12. Of course, first my dad was like, no. And then I said, well, dad, I can be like all the other Indian girls and go behind your back or you can let me play sports. We had a conversation and my dad let me. So that started my, that was my way of getting out of the house, actually, because there was all this drama going on at home. Um, mm. which we'll get into later, which, you know, my mom's parents. As you do with Indian families, um, yeah, same old. Families, you know, always, you know, something going on. So little did I know at that time, but now hindsight, getting into sports was my outlet. That led me into getting into, gosh, what else did I do? Volleyball, basketball, um, softball. That was my sanctuary. That kept me sane gr- uh-huh. growing up. Um, <laughs> but then come high school, <laughs> um, you do what most Indian girls aren't supposed to do. I had a boyfriend. So I'm trying to give you a short. I know you were the naughty one, naughty. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to have a boyfriend. Um, that, uh, propelled me having to stop sports. My mom walked into the gym. What are you doing? You need to get, you know, leave. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of just a little <laughs> bit of high background. 
Oh, and then um, the whole family, actually, it was a, it was just insane how it happened. Um, I dated the guy, then we stopped dating, which I don't know if you know this part, but I was a senior in high school. We started dating again, and um, I literally swear to God, no, we talked for like a week or two on the phone, and then we actually went on our first date, and I used to tell my parents I was working at, we used to work at Taco Bell, which you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, I wasn't there. Yeah. My brother go figure calls Taco Bell after years of working there. He calls and is like, oh, can Opie bring me home a burrito? And there was a new manager on site. And the manager's like, all the other managers covered for me. This manager, I'm just going to be fully transparent here. But the manager's like, oh, uh, she left at six o'clock. And this is like, <laughs> like at night. It's like, oh, propelled into where is Opie? Why isn't she home? Me staying out. That caught it pulled before I knew it, I was supposed to be getting married. It was like this whole thing. Well, um, but they didn't like him because he was a this is interesting. We grew up Sikh. Sikhs, you're not supposed to have a caste system, was my yeah. understanding growing up. But of course, everybody's a little was a little hypocritical. Oh, he's not the same caste and this and that. So it blew out where a proportion, but there was this desire in me. I didn't really wasn't like, oh my god, I love this guy, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with him. But my rebellious side was like, I don't care if he's black, blue, yellow, pink, or green. If I love him, I'm going to marry him. My uncle didn't Where like was that. Where was I know this, Joama? I don't remember that, but carry on. <laughs> you were in England. So that's a little bit of the background. But what ended up happening from there is that that's leading me to where I've been. Because that led me, after graduating high school, I moved with my best friend to San Jose. So a different part. Oh, okay. With my friend. That was my first departure from Livingston because there was so much drama still going on in the house and, and what I did you what did your parents have to say about that oh my dad didn't talk to me for years my oh. mom my mom didn't like the fact that this whole thing was happening so I'm keeping this on a short part but she was still there for me my older sister was still there for me yeah. um my younger sister was still there for me. My dad and my brother and the rest of my family pretty much disowned me. It was like you brought shame to the family, you know. Uh, my dad's parents that's interesting. Asked, yeah. yeah. So they so they did, but that propelled me to move my first move away from a small town in Livingston. I had I think eighty dollars in my pockets and a box of clothes and a, a little teddy wow. bear. And I moved with her to San Jose with her best friend. And I lived, um, I slept on the floor while she had in the I shared a room with her. And I just got a job at Payless Shoe Store and started working. And that was two months I was there. So make it sure that's what started the journey. So how old were you then? I was 17 and a half, 18. 17 and a half. So you still haven't gone into the whole, you haven't started your healing journey here. Okay. So you just, was, OP becomes a rebel, decides you're going to leave home. Dad, don't talk to her. Gone. 17 gone. and a half. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And I left. So, so that's propelling me to fast forward. I was there for yeah. two months. Then some situation happened. I wasn't going to be able to live with her anymore. And everybody, and the boyfriend, the person at the time, obviously he wanted me to go back home because it'd be a burden off his shoulders. Ah. And I was, Again, something inside of me was like, you're not going back home. And I was like, well, shit. Okay. So then I ended up with this apartment in Merced, again, blessed by support with some of my friends, my older sister, believe it or not. And some of her friends got together and helped me get a deposit down. So I'm in this sick apartment in Merced, two bedrooms, nice kitchen, uh, Mm. like I'm just giving you a vision of how nice this apartment was, but there was nothing in it other than me. With my um uh what do you call them covers like your 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 covers that you wear like a uh, for the bed 
a yeah. pillow and a small box with a teeny TV, like this small, small TV. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That's it. For months I was there. That became the part, the zone that everybody would come hang out at my house because, oh, Opie's uh. palace. But at that point, now the healing journey started it again. I was like, I, I felt something missing. I mean, I was drinking a lot. I was partying a lot. And mm. I was just, man, something's just not right. And so I called my cousin who was going to boarding school in Australia. And this fast forward, I don't know how much of this you really want to know, but I'm kind of leading up to the the support that I got. And again, to me, I believe, I for me, have a connection with God, call it a higher power, call it the universe, call it consciousness, whatever it is. Because for me, I know I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't have some divine intervention, because so many times I would have been like, it's a miracle I'm here. Um, but that, wow. then that, I'm there. So I call my cousin in Australia, tell her what's going on. She calls my uncle who lives in this place called Marin. He steps in because I'm like, I, I something's got to change. I, I, I'm, I'm like suffocating here. I'm like mm-hmm. literally suffocating. I don't know how many people have had that, like something's got to change. I just don't know what to do or how to do it. Right. And then so that was my point, my breaking point. So he came, had a conversation with my mom. Again, I'm making this short. Um, he came, had a conversation with my mom. Well, first of all, he called me and then he asked me what's going on. And he said, before you speak, I just want to, uh, he's, I'm going to tell you something. He goes, you have to tell me the truth. Do not lie to me about anything. I want to hear the whole truth. Mm-hmm. So I gave him the whole truth about the boyfriend thing, about moving, about everything, every, everything. I told him the whole truth. Yeah. And the first words out of his mouth were, I'm proud of you. And that just shocked wow. me. And made me almost, I made me cry. I was like, what? You're proud of me? Everybody's been telling me I'm like insane. Like you're, he's like, for what you've done, a lot of Indian guys wouldn't even have the courage to do what you've done. And you've, you've, you've stepped outside of something and that's not easy to do. That's why he said that to me. And that was like, oh, oh, does that make sense? I was like, oh shit. Mm -hmm. But he adopted, he came, he talked to my mom. He told my mom, look. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Bindi. That's what he called me at that time. Mm-hmm. And he, my older sister was there, I believe, and my younger sister was there. And he said he came. He looked at the apartment. He said, told her basically, if I take her, I'm gonna pretty much adopt, take her, and you're not gonna see her for a year. And his agreement was with me. I couldn't tell anybody where I was going, and um, I basically be giving up the life that I had. And uh, my mom said, okay, just take her, because my mom wanted me to be safe and okay. Yeah. And so, which is only like three hours away. But I didn't tell the guy, any of my close friends where I was going, because that was what I agreed to. And um, I'm so glad I listened because that was my saving grace. Otherwise, I would have still been courted in to the past, to the people. So I left and I moved with him. Uh, fast forward to how like, I'm living with him. I'm working. Very difficult to not pull back to the people that I knew because we are in our comfort zone. And I had been pulled out of my comfort zone from all the drama, the fighting, the lifestyle that I knew to this house with this uncle, which the family environment was so different. They actually like had dinner together and they actually like hugged and they actually like, like talked with each other. And I was like, I felt like Dorothy and like in awe or something like, where am I in the twilight zone? That was the, that was the, um, the feeling that I had, but I adjusted fast forward to my car accident. I'm working with my uncle at his business. I'm driving to work. I get in a car accident. Well, actually before that, it was a strike of luck. Something happened before that. And then um, a week before that, which we'll go into another time, but I'm going to work. I get in a car accident. Um, 
Uh, that, that was, I was guess my first wake up call. I was in a car accident going to work. Just give you a description of how you're driving on the highway. A car stops in front of me in order to avoid hitting the car. I lose control of my car. You know how there's usually a hill on the side of the freeways. My car went up the hill, flipped over three times and ended up facing this way. Cars are going this way. Yeah. And here, here in California, you have like a line where you pull over, you know, for safety yeah, yeah. or whatever. My car literally was right before that white line. If I had been oh. over three or four feet, any oncoming car could have hit me. It didn't. Jeez. So I landed like that. Um, the only thing that saved me was my seatbelt. <gasps> if I was not wearing my seatbelt, I would not be here having a conversation at all. That's wow. scary because everything else flew out of the car. Um, just to give you a little background of how extreme that car accident was, I ended the they I ended up um they put you on the and you know when they put you on the before they put you in the ambulance, they put you on that flat board thing. They yeah. put me on the flat board. Oh my god, that was so painful because I had a bump forming in the back of my head, but they do it so tight and they can't loosen it. So imagine uh. a bump forming on your head and there's pressure on it. That was excruciating. So I had the car accident. Um, I, 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 my back was totally messed up after that. I felt like I was hit in a uh, with a truck, which I literally was because I flipped over. I was awake the whole time, so forth. Um, what really hit me after the car accident was when I went to my mom came to visit. Um, so much pain in my body. I never experienced that much pain in my life. My mom came to visit. We went to look at the car. Mm. Saw the car. Car was totally mutilated. Wow. Front windshield completely gone. The side window completely gone. I don't know how I didn't get glass cuts on me, but I ended up with, um, uh, I think I had a fractured wrist or something like that. That was it. So to me, again, that, that's grace. Well, and a big uh, seatbelt burn because the seatbelt held me in. And I remember, well, actually, when the car accident should back up, I remember s- frozen. And my hand was on my left shoulder, I mean, on my knee, and I couldn't breathe. I felt like that was my going to be my last breath. It was like, yeah. I had the wind knocked out of me. And I, and, but the first person to pull over turned out to be a firefighter off duty <laughs> who was able to talk me through staying calm. And I mentioned these key points because to me, that's, that's whatever you want to call it. Like I call them earth angels, the angels above that you cannot see. That was one of them. Cause he, what are the chance he was off duty? He stopped by him, whatever you want to call it. But he helped me um, through that moment. But I saw the car. That's when I was like, I just started crying and I'm like, shit, I have no experience of healing or anything. All I knew was this voice in my heart was like, okay, God, I must be here for a reason. There must be a purpose for my life because if there wasn't, I would be dead. Mm. That's just point blank. And plus, I, I was going to say, you're a, like you said, you're a big God believer and your mom's a massive God believer and our, our nanny that we were talking about and stuff. So maybe your you know, faith came into play and, you know, God saved you. And- yeah, yeah. And to each their own. I, I say, you know, it's, it's it's very interesting. Some people like the word God is hard. I had an issue with the word God for a long time myself. So mm. I don't I, I call it a higher power. I call it, um, you know, whatever resonates with another person, the universe, you know, whatever it is, it's it's important that not important, but 
however you feel you feel right and like for some people it's consciousness and that's that's what it is I, I call it con- now i call it consciousness before yeah i call it the universe but i've got a massive problem with god and i've talked about that in one of my episodes so yeah i don't really believe in god but i always say god is within you god is within you and that yeah. irks a lot of people uh, in fact one of our close family members she was like oh my god how can you say that uh, you are god i'm like i am god because god is within us doing a good deed being a good person is god how are you running? How are you running as a human being? Everything's functioning in your body. You're not doing it. You're, I mean, you are doing it as in like you, you're making it function. There's something within you, but it's a long story, but you carry on with yours. That's it. No, 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 but that's another topic we can talk about next time. Yeah. Maybe on another podcast yeah. because it's an interesting conversation to have because um, there's a lot of, uh, I think a lot of wounding a lot of concepts and a lot of beliefs about that because you know some people call it the creator and if the creator creates everything then how can the creator and the creator is a part of everything how can it not be in you but a lot of people get triggered by that because of whatever concept they have and so forth because they put that creator onto a pedestal so the creator my question is who created the creator if there is a god who created god you know yeah yeah and so that's a concept and i do my bet well i yeah, actually i do believe i do feel i think it comes from guru nanak if it's correct which i really resonate with is to respect all faiths yes. you know everybody has a different belief everybody you know different faiths different ways different walks of life it all ends mm-hmm. up going to the one place whatever it is it's my, not my job to judge or condemn what somebody believes you know if it's if it's bringing you peace in your heart and it's helping you connect to yourself to a higher power, to whatever. Hey, more kudos to you. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Not- That's exactly what I say. Respect others. It's their belief. But sometimes there's nothing wrong with being vocal with what your belief is, I guess, as yeah. long as you respect to others. Yeah. And and you're, and then when you're vocal with your beliefs and how you feel, people are not going to like it. And some people are going to like <laughs> it, but that's their issue. Social, social conditioning at its best, really. And trying to control people to things that are big in my life. I hate control and I hate social conditioning. Same to same, really. I think that's the same thing, really, isn't it? Social conditioning and uh, controlling. Yeah, it comes yeah. into the same. It's, it's, it's all it's all connected. But like you said, yeah. it's a whole it's a whole other whole new topic. Whole yeah. New topic. So, okay. So that's bloody. I mean, I didn't even know that about you. So you're alive and you could have been dead. Wow. So then, then what happened? So that's uh, that's the the reason I kind of emphasize that. That's what opened up. That happened. So I'm in pain. I can't like work out. I can't like part of my life isn't the same anymore. Like literally shooting pain up my back every time I walk upstairs. Mm. And uh, uh, six months down the line, more than I didn't get any healing done after my car accident. I didn't know anything about it. I was like, whatever. And then, um, granted, I'm only like 19 at this point. Um walking up the hill to go back to my uncle's house so forth and then finally go see a chiropractor um which and again when i speak uh, to me every i i respect all healing modalities i think everybody in this there's something for everybody so for some people it's a chiropractor some people it's an acupuncture some people it's a medical doctor some people whatever it is you got to mm. find what works with you and with your body type and who you are um because what works for one person may not work for another person. And we have to respect that, you know, and, and give that space. So I just want to preface that. So I went to a chiropractor. She did some work with me. Um, ended up, I ended up being still in pain. So another cousin of ours 
She's working for this chiropractor. Well, this it's called network spinal analysis. I'll, I can share the modality. She's working for somebody that does network spinal analysis. She's going off about this technique. And I'm like, what is this weird stuff? She's like, oh, they put this, they, 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 they touch your spine here and here. And it releases the tension in your spine. And you feel so good. She's like <laughs> raving about it. And I'm total skeptic. And finally, I'm like, you know, it can't hurt. They're doing a free introductory offer. I'll go in to see what this is about. That's how the healing journey. So I went went for the introduction. I got an entrainment. It's called an entrainment um, adjustment because they don't pop you or crack you. They do very gentle contacts on your spine to help your nervous system release attention on its own. Ah. So getting your physiology out of fight or flight. That's I can I can go on about it, but it's very powerful because what it's happening is it's actually helping your. Try not to get too technical. It helps your frontal lobe, higher cortex, your brain literally get out of fight or flight and get start to um correct uh the subluxations in your spine so is that anything to do with the vagus nerve vagus or vagus nerve they it's call all it connected. it's connected so if your nervous system is in fight or flight then vagus nerve is going to be impacted mm-hmm. uh, everything in your in your body if you think about it, your spine every nerve goes to your spine um they say what goes to the back of the mind goes to the spine so your spine is the gateway. So we have physical, I guess I should just say this right now. You have physical, emotional, chemical, mental, spiritual stresses. Okay. So our brains thousands of years ago, I like using this analogy. Maybe it'll be simple for people and help them understand. Cause the, for those that don't know what fight or flight is, if there's a tiger in the jungle, thousands of years ago, there's a tiger in the jungle chasing you down. Your body is going to go into something called fight or flight. Do I stay and fight this tiger or am I going to flight? So literally what happens is your spine elongates, your blood starts running, you know, heartbeat starts going fast, so forth. You have all these physiological responses. Tiger's gone, your body gets out of that and you like take a deep breath, you sigh, you relax, right? Now that tiger is life. You have work, you have relationships, you have all this stuff. But the tie our brains still respond like there's a real tiger so we're in a constant state of fight or flight so that's where these other healing modalities that will i'll mention come in where my job not my job but i support people in getting out of that huh. and getting into their normal state out of fight or flight and to not run the undercurrent of oh shit when's the shoe gonna drop oh shit when's the next thing gonna happen oh shit oh shit oh shit and huh. um that will accumulate to a lot of things going on in the body. So that's kind of, so I started the NSA going back to that. Mm-hmm. I went in for my first appointment. I felt this pressure release in my spine and that I was like, okay, then I went back for a second appointment. Now for me, it didn't make any sense. Logically, I had no concept and I was like, oh my, I feel better. That's all that mattered to me. That's all that mattered was I feel better. Huh. Uh, so I care there. Two months later, my cousin was going to stop working there um, I'm working at the symphony hall, going to college for a psychology degree, uh, for my psychology, um, whatever you want to call it, degree, change courses. The woman mm-hmm. asked me, hey, do you want to work here? So I started working as a network spinal analysis chiropractic assistant, did that for a couple of years and um, contemplated becoming a network chiropractor, but I just couldn't stand myself being in chiropractic school. Dr. Donald Epstein created something called somato-respiratory integration, the 12 stages of healing. 
it was working with the spine and the nervous system, but from a different approach. Um, and that resonated with me. So I started going to workshops and seminars to become a practitioner for that. Right. So that was the beginning of my, um, uh, it was the equivalent of becoming a chiropractor, but different because I didn't go to school for it. Uh-huh. And I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be a doctor. I'm not here to fix people. That's not what I do. Just help people remember what's already in them and give them tools. That's the short version of, of it. So that's what happened. And, um, that led to the whole meditation thing. So I think that was a gateway. Right. That was a gateway of um, of what happened. So I'm working there for a couple of years. People are coming in that do this particular meditation, and um, I'm like, whatever. I'm not. I'm not ready for it. I be- really believe, like you said, you weren't ready when I was talking about it. It's yeah, not. Yeah. T- and again, I'm in my 20s in this relationship with a different person. Um, been with the person for about four or five years um family approved of this person so forth but again this empty feeling like ah, something's not right so finally somebody asked me to get they're like hey there's an intro happening do you want to come to this intro and i'm like ah screw it might as well what, what's what's gonna hurt so i went to this intro god i feel like this is going really long i want to i'm going to condense this okay because it feels like it's going long i went to this intro not knowing what i was going to they talked about this particular meditation, which I call it at that point, it was called modern day meditation. Um, mm-hmm. So it was um, done to music. They shared a little bit about the, the meditation, different parts to it. The first part you spend opening, you feel uh, so you can release from there. You very naturally calm. And then you do something called meditative thinking where you're using your mind. And the last part of it, which is really powerful, I still do this meditation um, it's called action. So you take action in your life. So that's why it's practical. So you're meditating, you're connecting, you're releasing, but you're actually taking action in your daily life so you can move forward from it. Felt, for, again, very powerful. Signed up for a two-day workshop. Learned a lot in that. Signed up for a six-day seminar. That. Um, that changed my life. Uh, that's where the walls came off. That's where um, I, the structure of that seminar, the support that was there, the people that were there, the container that was created for for me, myself. There was other people there, but it was all about going within. That was the first time I spent time going within. There wasn't any distractions, but you did do some sharing and you did do some meditation, but I, I, something ripped open. I, for the first time in my life. Yeah. So uh, describe to me what, what is not to me, but anyone listening, what is going within? Because that kind of, I have trouble with going within. (laughs) Well, well, for me at that point, not having any context for it, it was, um, it's hard to go within when within is like, um, how do I explain this? I want to go back to how it was at that point. Then I'll bring it up to this point. Going within at that point was, um, uh, the, it was about exposing and sharing what was, what the feelings were that I, that I was holding on to, what resentments I had, what was I really angry about, what had really hurt me in my life, stuff that I had never like actually talked about, Right. But then going within was the meditation is there's music and then you close your eyes and 
what is within comes out. The sadness, the the feelings, the Go the ahead. emotion, the anger, the 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 wounding, the shame, the guilt, the judgments, the fucking. It was just like that's what going within was, and by going with it, for me, going within is one of the hardest things to do. Uh, uh, there's this quote I read and I really resonate with it is some people think climbing Mount Everest is the hardest thing to do, but actually climbing the mountain within is the hardest thing to do because you have to Agreed. dig because, because we have to go within. It's like the last place we want to do is go within. It's easier to externalize. It's easier to externalize. Well, this is happening to me because of that. They did this to me. This happened. Blame game. Which is true. There's truth in what happened. But yeah. how long are we going to be, a, to what I had to learn, is how long am I going to be a victim to what happened to me? When am I going to take my power back? And when am I going to go within and go, okay, what part of me is still angry about this situation? What part of me is still hurt by the situation? How can I heal that part of myself? How can I acknowledge that part of myself? Is that, is that answering your question? So that's going. With- I was going to say it. So you're, you're going within is exactly what I do with EFT. And that's what I learned. We don't, we, I didn't call it going within. Obviously you, you've learned that modality you just talked about. Epstein, Epstein, you said his name was. Epstein is different. Epstein is, there's two different. Dr. Donald Epstein is the one that created network spinal analysis yeah. and the 12 stages of healing that I became a facilitator for to help people. Let me, this is very important. I realized I didn't say this. What those two things do is they create safety. Okay. It's hard to go within if you don't have safety. So what those two things do is they create the safety within your nervous system to allow you to go within because we have walls. How are you going to go within? Because we've spent most of our lives creating defense mechanisms. No, you can't go in there because I am protected. I have to protect myself because there's all these walls. Is that making sense? So that's one aspect of it. So when you create enough safety in your nervous system, your body can relax, your physiology can relax. The second component is a meditation, which allows you to access the emotions, the 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 mind stuff, the 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 story that's playing in your head that you have. yeah, yeah. So it's, it sounds very similar to the EFT thing. You're visiting traumas and emotions that you've got stored inside and each kind of emotion has affected you in some certain way that may be causing some kind of trauma within your body or in your mind or your soul, whatever. And it's we use the tap, the tapping technique, which is kind of very similar. So we use acupressure points. You're tapping on your, your eyebrow, your side of your eye over here. So it sounds very similar. Basically, it sounds like at the end of the day, it's something that we all need to, you need to release shit that is within you that is going to make you feel better and not just releasing it. It's about forgiveness. It's about letting go of the past um, and what we call suds in EFT. So what are the suds yeah. and is on a level between one and 10 and stuff. And you want to reduce the sud from a 10 to a zero, basically was the happy point. But even if you get a, a one and then we do the happy tapping and stuff. But yeah, that's basically what I've been doing for since talking to you six years ago, but more hardcore in the last six months. But I think everyone has their different way of doing that sort of healing. But it sounds like uh, I've never talked to you about this before, like any kind of healing. That's basically the crux of it, isn't it, really? It's about 
releasing all the emotions, releasing anything held within, letting down the walls. But also we have uh, practitioners uh, and we give them a safe space. So it's all about staying safe within your your environment, being uh, to, to be able to trust the person. Ours is more tacking, tapping and talking. And it's about letting things out loud kind of thing. So you have to let it release it from within. But also uh, the big thing in EFT is about releasing it out of not just saying it in your mind, but saying it out of your mouth. So, you know, verbally, verbally yeah. saying it, what you're doing is you're engaging all of it. And what you said is important. There's different healing modalities out there. Um, and a lot of people, like you said, don't know how to release. Where do I start from? What do I do? Yeah. Um, it's it's scary. It's hard. And a lot of the, the, the trauma, there's usually for most people somewhere, if somebody was just to sit and go, well, okay, if you think about a baby, a baby that comes into this world, right? They have no fear. They have no judgment. They're not scared. They don't have anything. So at some point from that stage, something happens where a belief gets created. And with my work, well, with most work, you don't have to, I want to be very clear. You don't have to re-experience the trauma. It's not about re-experiencing. A lot of people don't want to go there because, well, I don't want to re-experience that abuse or that, that... Yeah that stuff that happened and it's and that's where there's fear and that keeps them blocked from taking an action what you're doing is you're acknowledging it and by acknowledging it and by having whatever supportive technique healing technique that comes to you in your life in this life then you're able to um detach from it there's a saying forgive forgive but the forgiveness is not about the other person you're forgiving for yourself because then you are taking your power back from that situation um and the healing part is um is it is very important because uh you are the project the more you focus on yourself the more you you are willing to love your learn i say it's learning learn to love yourself learn to accept yourself um, do whatever it is you need to do for yourself, then things somehow, I, I can't explain it, but things in the external world will shift and they do shift. This it, is absolutely it, crazy because everything you're saying is everything I've been learning about. And it's like you're taking the words out of my mind and coming out of your mouth. And it's as if more than six years ago, if you had said this to me, it was falling on deaf ears. And I'm like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And yeah. that's like... Of, and it's all got, I think healing, I think if, even if I interview 15 people on this podcast, I think they'll all come back to this. It's about releasing and releasing and healing and forgiving. And and also, yeah, you don't have to, like in EFT, you've got things like the movie technique, keyword, keyword technique and stuff so that you're not re-traumatizing your client. You're just kind of giving them a helping hand to get rid. So the, the emotional charge is gone to zero as much as you can sometimes it might take one take sometimes take two takes sometimes it could take six sessions to get rid of a emotional trauma but it's about the the person wanting i think first you have to want to do it to start any healing journey because i could have wanted to do heal i didn't want to do it years ago and here i am really really ill chronically ill uh and now look at me kind of like running around going heal me heal me (laughs) you you actually said something very important um uh very very important is the desire has to come from you it's like somebody that there's people that are addicted to alcohol or substances or so forth any addictive behavior um here in america you have aa or na like supportive groups 
anybody in that situation is um, they always say you have to have the desire to quit. You have to first acknowledge that you are powerless over the substance or the 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 alcohol and then the help can come in so that tying into um if you want to heal if you're wanting for it you just have to be willing to to take to to be like okay i don't even know where to start and 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 then and then be willing to um to to take the the steps but there's something else you said shoots it was very very important oh um oh man god that was very important what you just said about you I can't remember. Some... I have brain fog. <laughs> no, 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 no. You said something very important. I feel like it's important for for to share with the people. Is maybe it's not that important. Is about um, asking for the healing, wanting it, and then um, taking the not taking the action. Sp- um, speaking it out. Speaking yeah, yeah. Verbalizing. Oh, I was gonna say it's okay. There's different levels of healing. There's um different like you're saying that you're going to bring different people on and everybody's going to speak something that's going to resonate and it is about going within and releasing your emotions so what we have is we have and this is all being scientifically proven so for those that are more science-based there's mm-hmm. research right now out there where um they're actually now solidifying how meditation helps your physiology your biofield the stress levels um, they're actually solidifying that Reiki, which is another healing modality that I do and other practitioners do. Um, they're actually bringing those people into surgery rooms, people that have cancer patients, people that, and people, you can, I, I suggest for people to do their own research. Um, so you can find, um, the science behind it as well, because there is science happening more and more. Um, and so there are different biofields. You have your physical you have mm-hmm. your emotional, you have your mental field, you have your emotional field, and then they call it the etheric field. Okay, so I'm not I'm gonna, I want to break that down. So when we have something going on emotionally and mentally that we have not um, released, or we keep shoving underneath the carpet, as I call it, mm-hmm. eventually it manifests physically. And they're finding that more and more guaranteed if you're having migraines all the time, well, my head is hurting, my head is hurting. Well, if I was to go have a conversation with somebody, that's where we would have a conversation and by them speaking, I'm like, hear their story. It's like, okay, well, the tension is actually coming from all the stuff that you haven't released. And so you want to get tools that help you access it. Now, there's different ways of doing it. I call it peeling the layers of an onion. So you have to be gentle with yourself on the journey because you're going to peel away a layer and then another layer and then another layer, and another layer. And mm. some of you, Mine's going to go, shit, aren't I done with this already? What the fuck? I've already talked. Excuse my French. You might have to bleep that out. But what, you know, why, why I've already talked about this. I've already processed this. So you have to realize sometimes therapy where you're talking about it is, is great because you're processing it through your head. A lot of people are in their mind because that's where it's safe. Now what of some modalities, which is what I help people do is come into their bodies great safety so they're not walking around disconnected because when there's been trauma or disconnect most people are walking around disconnected from their head down they're not even aware of that they have a body so what you do is you start merging the two the two with um with some tools so you can feel Uh safe in within your body and then some people have the desire they just want to get to the core now 
you can also get, you can address it, get to the core of what's happening. So, and that's a little bit more intense in some ways, but if your soul, if your heart has a desire, you, you can get to the core. What was the core belief? What was the core thing that was created? And if you detangle that whole, everything detangles. Because you're getting, you think about a ball that's been locked up, right? Like um, a, a big ball of knitting yarn, right? It's all yeah. in it knots and knots and knots and knots. And you're trying to figure out how to unknot it. If you can get to the core of it, right? All of a sudden, the whole string is like straight. Is that analogy making sense? Yeah, it makes so absolute sense. It all depends on where you are at and what level of healing that you're looking for. And there's something that I do want to say that comes to the internal and external is there's no external solution to an internal problem. Say that again. There is no external solution to an internal problem. Wow. That's, that's as they would say, profound. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's another thing that I've been learning because we're all looking for the outside. And it's like, okay, what's going on? Like now when I get triggered by somebody, because I get triggered, how do you stay so calm? I think you mentioned that before when you guys used to make fun of me growing up. Yeah. Like, what is she doing? I didn't let it phase me. Yeah. Um, two things I've learned, well, many things, but one is people are going to judge you. There's going to be good judgments and bad judgments. It's not your job to care about what's going on in the outside. Your job is what's going on inside of me and take responsibility. A lot of us don't want to take responsibility. I'll call myself out on that. I didn't want to be responsible for my healing. I did, I want to go, well, I'm like this because my parents didn't teach me finances. I'm like this because I was hit as a child. I'm like this because of that. So all those things happen. But I had to come to a point in my life where, wait a minute. Oh, shit. I have the power to change my life that's not just in a book that's not just for these like spiritual people that's not just for people that have been doing work on themselves that's for me this regular joe blow that doesn't know anything about this like how what and and that changed my life and the other analogy for people that don't know much about energy and healing is or have never done work on themselves is like think about a car you take your car in for maintenance right if you don't take your car in for maintenance every X amount of miles, the engine's going to blow. Uh -huh. If you don't do an oil change every X amount of things, that's going to happen. So that oil is energy. So that's so really, the, we, uh, we literally, you have the power to change your life. That no one else can do it for you. That's the crux of it, right? No, and that's what I have, have learned. You have the power, but we don't. It's scary because also when you realize you have the power, then the the mind is such a tricky thing. Oh my God. I call it the Maya, the illusion. Its job is to keep you in discouragement, judgment, unworthiness, guilt, shame, fear, regret. What if, if you're in a what, I tell people, get this out of your system. No would have, should have, could have. Just, just, just stop it. Just stop it. Just bottom line, stop it. Because then you're living in the past. So if you realize you have the power to change your life, if, the, if you realize, hey, you know what? I don't have to be like this anymore. Okay, I'm scared, but I can do this. The mind goes, well, shit, why don't you do this 15 years ago? Why don't you do this 20 years ago? Oh, my God, you wasted 50 years of your life. You wasted 20 years of your life. Tell that part to shut up yeah. and just get on with it. That's exactly what I do. I did that on my other podcast. Um, if I'm like just um, recognizing emotions and then just telling them to F off. 
So if I feel angry, I'm like, fuck off, anger. If I feel sad, like piss off, sad. I know what you're trying to do to me. So go and screw yourself. <laughs> These are kind of techniques that I'm learning now. And honestly, back in the day, if you told me this, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also what I want to say to that, to what you're doing is it's a good technique once you're doing that. But where I come in is, for me, you have to feel it to heal it. So I hold a space for people. And I want people to feel for themselves that they can, a lot of people are afraid to feel the anger at the core they're afraid to feel the tears because they feel like if they start feeling somebody's going to, it's a waterfall that's never going to stop. And I can tell you it will stop. It's going to feel like it's not going to stop. So they won't go there. Some people have so much anger and rage inside. They literally feel they're going to kill. Uh, they're going to hurt somebody uh, or they've mm. been hurt by anger. So they won't even feel anger because anger equals bad stuff. But anger can be fueled for your healing. It can be turned into desire you can turn it into fire like to move you instead of thinking of it as a bad thing because of what you've experienced and what you've seen anger do to other people see the, the illusion gets you to stay stuck anger is bad so guess what's going to happen you're going to let the anger build inside of you and what's that going to do it's going to eat you up alive it's yeah. going to manifest in physical form. Yeah. And the dispersion so, of that is what I must have learned from you many, many years ago as well, was the screaming technique. So um, I, I I don't know whether you heard my wounded slain by the sword episode. Um, the screaming it, technique, it fucking it sorted my life out because I was like, <laughs> ah, 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 like, screaming everywhere, like running to my bedroom, getting a pillow, going, ah! Uh, but the release... Fucking yes. how man, it's fucking amazing. And I remember learning this from you many, many years ago using, which you are now going to use a towel, right? Yes, yes. It's a screen towel. So it's a part of the meditation. So before we end, I do have the, there's an app that people can download for this meditation that I'm referring, referring to it. Now it's called, currently it's called Heart of the Matter Meditation, heartofthematter.org. And I'm just saying that if that's okay is because there's an app people can get and they can start doing it on their own. And that's where this, I give credit where credit is due. Um, so that's where the screen towel comes from. I've been doing the screen towel for 20 years. So um, it's wow. very important. I have a video too that I can send to you that you can send out to people, however it works out. And like you said, it's about sharing the information. So you get like a hand towel. Everybody has one hand towel in their house. Um, I know what you do. So um, there's no excuses. Um, this is a basic hand towel. What you do is you protect your vocal cords and you cover your mouth. And with one hand, you're literally holding your vocal cords. So you're protecting your vocal cords. Um, I just want to tell you guys what the purpose of this is. You can use it if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're in fear, if you have anger, if you're feeling stuck, if your mind is racing and it just won't be quiet. Um, um, like what Ritu said, you're just overwhelmed, you're hurt, you're pissed off. I like to give people practical tools that they can use in their daily life. That to me is key. What can I do in my daily life? How can I integrate this into my daily life to move forward instead of waiting when I have my next meditation or when I'm going to have an hour, when I'm going to have two hours, which is a blessing. But sometimes we just need to get moving now in the moment and not let it build up. So I have to say that part. Now, you you forget your vocal cords and you cover your mouth. And I'm literally going to scream into this towel on the count of three. One, two, three. Wow. And I could, I could feel like I just, but well, obviously I could see Opinda on, on, on the camera and you, that, that was done with full force, absolutely full force. And did that feel good? It feels every time I do it, but the key is when you do it, it's just to 
like I just you take a couple keep your eyes closed take a few deep breaths and some people you're gonna feel calmer some people you're gonna just feel more space created inside of you some of you may have tears come up um and some of you may just want to scream more um underneath there's this there's this thing that I really resonate with underneath the anger is pain is the sadness is the love underneath the pain underneath the anger is the pain is the sadness is the love is the longing the longing is your heart and your soul's pull for something more that part in your heart that knows something is missing you just don't know what you have everything in the world maybe you have a great relationship you have a great job you have a great career you have amazing friends but still you're like something just is missing and that's called the longing and that's a whole nother thing which i can go into but i just the scream tell is one the dumping is another um so yeah go through the dumping so i would love for you now to give listeners right now different tools that they could use um and the dumping really worked for me because your style of dumping was very different to a journaling i journal all day long and um that's just normal journaling about you can either do the manifestation journaling the journaling of what happened to me today but your journey was spectacular which really truly every time i did it i was like oh my god i feel like loads like literally when i saw it burn i could see it burn i could smell it burn it was burning out of my life so yeah if you can tell everyone about your dumping that'd be amazing okay so the dumping and and so just what 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 missy d what missy d has said is it's not it's not journaling but you do what i tell people to do is get a cheap journal whatever it costs a dollar two dollars like a notebook more like a notebook what you do is i call it dumping is my turn because you're literally dumping what you have inside of you so journaling we sit there my day went like this i had this awareness blah 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 whatever you want to journal about right dumping you dump whatever's in there whatever you're angry about whatever Whatever you didn't get to say to your coworker, whatever you still have inside of you that you're like, man, I wish I could have said that to my mom or my dad or my ex-husband or my best friend, whoever, whatever it is. I do not care how ugly it is. I don't care what your mind tells you. Oh, you shouldn't think that thought or you should be more holier than now. Like the grind of the grind, write it down, get it out. Um, just do and just get it out, get it out, just get it out. And what you do with it is number one, the only way it's going to work, you do not reread it. Uh-huh. Do not reread it. Just dump it. It's then the next, Yeah, it's tempting, but do not reread it because you get the re- dumping, you're letting it go. Yeah. So reread it, you're regurgitating in your mind. And your mind so, tries to think over again. Yeah. And yeah, you write it, you dump it. You burn it, you shred it, you flush it yes. down the toilet. Now, if you do any of those three things, my disclaimer is please don't burn your house down. <laughs> and if you uh, shred it, make sure your shredder doesn't break. Three, if you flush it down the toilet, it's not my fault if your toilet gets plugged up. Something you're doing. Not my problem. <laughs> I think my easiest one, one was basically getting paraffin oil, a bottle of it I like, use for barbecues. So I have a couple of bottles downstairs. I'd, put, I'd actually put it in an envelope. So mm. it was like I was... <laughs> excuse me i got squeaky lungs again 
It's like I was writing a love letter to the universe. So I felt like I was writing to someone, as you know, don't do the God, but the universe, the subconscious. I would put it in a lovely yeah. envelope, which I've got really expensive envelopes, not even cheap ones. Then I would take it to, the, I've got a small barbecue, put the paraffin liquid all over it and I'd put so much that it, I wanted to go right up in flames. So you had to be careful how you light it, but I light it, it's like poof, literally the flames are in front of you and the fire then creates an intense kind of flame with heat. And that's what I needed. Like I needed that heat. I needed to see it. And then I, yeah. I, st I always stand there because I still do it. I stand there and watch um, the, you, you eventually get to see the letters, the words being burned because the top layer of the envelope, it kind of disintegrates. Then it opens yeah. up into like little like flakes and you can see the words being burnt. And I feel like that's actually burning out of my mind, out of my heart, out of my soul. And then you see the black smoke going up into the air and it's like, it's fucking releasing. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's that's yeah, and and the, the reason I give the suggestions for the people that to shred it or to flush it down the toilet, um, is because not everybody can burn depending on where you're living and what you're doing. Yes. You may not be in a situation, and I don't want you to keep it with you. So yeah. so do what you can the best to release it. And also, I dumping is a very safe way. Some people can't go to a therapist. Some people, especially for men, it's really hard to get out their feelings and their emotions and talk to people because they're men and they're not supposed to feel. And there's all these concepts around you know it's a whole different thing for men you know um and i acknowledge them because um it's for women and men you know but men in some ways it's it's more difficult in society it's getting better but it's still hard for them to express how they're feeling Fair so it's judgment, great, yeah yeah it's, it's basically this way is between you spirit and the book it's mm -hmm. completely confidential it's completely private nobody's going to read it nobody's going to hear it and at least if that's something that you can do, if you're not ready to go see a practitioner, go go to take it to another level. Scream towel and dumping are really good techniques to use. Um, if you can create a morning routine and an evening routine for yourself, um, you know, just just try to do something. And I tell people if all if all you can do, it's just something new to your starting out baby steps is. Wake up in the morning and just find something to be grateful for. Just, mm. just, just start out the baby step. Even if your life is shit, even if, 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 if you're going through the worst time of your life and everything is falling apart, just try to get up in the morning. Hey, you're breathing. You know, find something to be grateful for, and and then at the end of the night, see and 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 reflect. Um and and um see what where you can come back and that that's been a practice i've been using because the part that i did want to share with you is um you know about the seizure i had right in 2017 no. oh no. you don't i see i don't know i told you you went okay. off the radar and i saw you no, no, at no. my sister's wedding and that was it so so this is important because i want to address this because I, even though i've been on this path whatever you want to call it I had my own battles to go through um i was drinking drinking's been a part of my life since I was a young teen, you know, we used to drink and then hide it from my parents and so forth. Fast forward, um, 2017, November, I had a, a grand mal seizure and I didn't know how bad my drinking had gotten. I had, um, it was gradual, just wine here and there, this and that, but I started, um, having my vodka you know I'd have a I'd have a bottle with me in my purse nobody would know it was the weirdest thing because now it tied into my upbringing and this level of unworthiness that I still had I was blessed um we talked about my 
the not the cult, but um, I was blessed with uh, very powerful spiritual mentors in this lifetime in my early 20s. I'm going to bring this back real quick and sum it up. So I had that going and I I had so much support in in by going going within and breaking whatever walls there was. It kept going, it kept going, but simultaneously I was self-sabotaging myself. I was self-sabotaging myself. It was spirit universe god right here and then sabotage 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 it was happening at the same time as we all do i think all of us that's what we, the route that we all go down so i had the seizure um scariest point in my life uh i couldn't t- it was like being trapped in my body the doctors were asking me what my name was how to speak and i was trying to speak and the words were not matching what was in my head i was literally trapped in my body i was in the icu for 3 nights and 4 days and and the doctors didn't know if I was going to come back to it. So I'm in Kauai. This is happening. My boyfriend and I, who's now my fiance, um, had only been dating nine months. I, I want to make the show case the point. Basically, there are three nights, four days. The doctors told him if I didn't come to and was normal again, they were going to have to call my family. This is an inside joke, but I heard that. And the next wow. morning, I woke because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Not going back to living. No, I love you all. Not to say anything against my family. I love you all, each and every one of you, all my siblings. Um, but but I woke up. But however, my point being that I call it. Um, people ask me how I stopped. It's been six years now. No, no, nothing. Um, because um, that happened, and I, that was my waking up point again a second time i must be here for a reason jesus christ you've had two like near-death experiences yeah and then i went to the car accident and and this and then then you stopped completely teetotal total but the reason i stopped was a neurologist appointment came up and i something this voice and listening to the inner voice is a whole nother topic we can have another time but i'm Mm. i help with that too but i went to neurologist Six months later, he looks at me, you're a miracle. You're back and you look like this. And then this voice said, ask him. And I'm like, why am I going to ask him this voice? Ask him if you could have died. And I asked him if I could have died. He looked at me point blank and he said, yes, you could be dead right now. There's a girl a year younger than you who is now in a home in a wheelchair with no motor skills. And she came in for the same thing that you did. I went to the bathroom floor in that hospital and I just fell on my knees and I cried. Oh, wow. I was like, holy shit, God, you gave me my life back. My life changed after that. And that's why I'm here speaking what I'm speaking. And I want to help people, uh, I'll continue to help people with no agenda. My, my heart is just, look, you know, that, that happened. And I call it God intervention. And people, anybody that's struggling out there with addictions of any sort, get help out there. Don't wait to have something like what happened to me happen to you. Um, you're not alone. It's it's there. It's and it's hard to do, but but don't wait for a seizure to to think your life is going to end. And some people have that happen. And again, everybody's own. I've I've known people that have had that happen. Two, three times they've had seizure, and they still don't stop. So so see what it is for you. But that was that. I went off on a tangent. Sorry, but this um. So I felt like that needed to be shared because mm. that's. Um, Help well, I, I feel, I feel, yeah, ninety. I feel that ninety percent of people will only go down the healing route once something chronic or serious has happened, right? So I'm here healing. 
I would. I, you know me. I was like, I've never been ill. I'm a jata. I'm okay. I'm Punjabi. Nothing gonna happen. I've got a really good immune system. All of a sudden, Mrs. D's dying. And I'm literally grey in the face telling my mum, you know, if I die, it's okay. Like, play Adnan sell me. And you you just got to be brave now because that's it. I'm on my way out. And only then am I like, fucking heal myself. <laughs> you remind me. Now I remember what I was going to say before. Thank you for saying that. Okay, so I have a teacher, one of my teachers right now, which uh, which anybody who wants a serious teacher, <laughs> William Martino. Um, but my point being is, um, okay, so most of us, when are we gonna when are you are you gonna wait for the the universe is here to help you to make the changes you you are supported more than we know right now the question is are you gonna wait for it to crash into you to make the change or are you gonna start doing are you gonna start listening to the whispers and are you gonna start paying attention and are you gonna start taking the actions now or are you gonna wait for what happened to missy d or what happened to me before you make the changes you we have you know that's what i was going to say that's the that, that's the biggest yeah. lesson to learn be, yeah because there's a lot of people around me and i feel like i'm going around going look i'm not no guru or anyone i'm not even a, a, a fully qualified practitioner i've done eft one and two and stuff but when i talk i keep coming out with the same like listen you need to address this there's nothing more you can't put this down to the medical fields and stuff now um a lot of your diseases are caused by disease in the mind disease in the body so i've know someone very close to me who's always very angry and they're always like you can't change their past and blame 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 and i'm like this is in love you need to calm your ass down because one day you're going to get so ill and it's all coming out in their body but they're just not listening to me you know another girl i was uh, i talked to the other day she's got eczema god bless her and she's tried everything and now she's using kind of steroids creams and stuff and i did mention um straight away you know maybe you should look into some kind of em emotional trauma that you've you could deal with and we can kind of get rid of and stuff like that but um but yeah you're right not until they fall flat on their face will they go oh shit i've got eczema all over my body and i can't even go out out of my bed and then they'll kind of address it or, what, or, or they won't everybody's journey is different and so what i've learned is you can share with people um and um give them advice um and then it's up to them not everybody is ready for healing and then you still love them you still accept them where they are so it's it's, it's still kind of frustrating because you just want to shake them be like you don't have to suffer you just want to be like fuck i just want to shake you don't do this to yourself but you can't because that's between them and spirit and that's between their journey but you can hey look here's what's worked for me see if it works for you if it doesn't, that's okay. But all I can do is share my journey with you. And then it's up to them. And a lot of people, it says you have to have compassion because the the unworthiness and the the um the unworthiness and the the wounds or whatever concepts or beliefs they have been told about themselves are very deep. So they don't even have even, even I didn't have an awareness like, oh, I need to change something. Even if I wanted to start, I didn't know where or how. So does that make sense? And then like I've had people like you're saying, like you guys and family used to make fun of me and stuff. And then mm. when I first started the network, I wanted to shake everybody. And, and then everybody. And then after a while, I realized, wait a minute, what am I doing? Okay, stop, Opie. Because you get so excited. You're so excited. This is working for me. This is helping me. I just want everybody in the world to know they don't have to be like that anymore. I just want you guys all to know. And then I'm like, wait a minute, check yourself. Okay. 
Okay. And they're looking yeah. at you like you're fucking nuts. I'm happy in my bubble. I'm happy in my comfort zone. I'm happily in my suffering. Do not shake me out of this because they're just not ready. Then Ooh, you that's, step that's back. The thing, and yeah, suffering. Everyone wants later, to suffer. I have, I have people coming. Well, this, there's a, it's, it's a weird dynamic because there is a familiarity yeah. in the suffering. There's a familiarity in the pain. So when we start to disconnect from it, you don't know who you are without it. It's like a part of your identity. So you have to be very gentle with yourself as you're letting that part go. Because uh-huh. there's parts of us inside of us that want, oh my God, well, I want to be healed. I want to be powerful. I want to I want to be myself again. And then there's the other part that's like, well, you're fucking crazy. How are you going to do that? So there's like these little two parts that are a little bit of a battle. So yeah. once you get those two parts to come together, then something powerful, then something can happen. But is it, I think it's about, it's about doubt. Like, um, like you, I, I know you should. My, I mean, she's on every podcast, but I knew I said it on my last podcast as well. Like, if, taking it completely off a different tangent, but manifestations—it's the same thing. So I've been telling her, blue in the face, manifestation is easy, but no, I knew is adamant. You have to do a certain thing to get the manifestation. You have to put the hard work in, or even if it's not hard work, you have to put some work in. So I did the whole manifest a butterfly. She manifested butterflies within five days. And I'm like, I know what the hell did you do to manifest the butterflies? Nothing. Where did the butterflies come from? They were at the farm at the zoo that I went to. But did you tell the zookeeper to put the butterflies there for you to see? No, I didn't. So what did you do? All I asked you to do was think about manifesting a bloody butterfly. And five days later, because she desperately wanted her to to believe probably, she manifested the goddamn butterflies, you know? So it's about belief. It's about about belief. It's about belief and trust and being gentle with yourself. You have to learn when you're starting on this journey I have to keep saying, be gentle, give yourself the same love and compassion that you would to, and some of you may not have experienced this growing up, depending on your upbringing, but the way a loving mother gives her child, you know, you, you, you're gentle with the child when the child is learning how to do something. So basically the love and the stuff that you're seeking from outside, give that to yourself. But compassion is the, what I found is compassion is one of the biggest downfalls for any, a lot of people. So, so in EFT, we don't, even though, um, you know, I'm going stir crazy today and I feel really, really angry. I love, I completely and deeply love and accept myself. There's lots and lots of people that can't say those words. Um, I've been in a situation when I've sat with a practitioner and she's gone, I completely and deeply love and I'm in tears going, no, I can't, I can't deeply, completely. I can't even accept myself. I can't love myself. So compassion is a really hard thing for quite a few people. So how do you get over that? How do you get to, I can be compassionate. I can love myself. Well, the, what you, well, there's different stages to it, but what I tell people, I actually did this yesterday with the, with one of them, I'm doing a workshop right now. And um, so this person was going through, had something come up and I said, okay, well, what advice would you give to a friend of yours in this same situation? And like, well, I would tell my friend, you know, um, be, um, you got this, you're smart, you're powerful, you, you're capable. Um, um, you're, they came up with all these positive words. Okay. Now you are that friend. Exactly. But it's easier. I guess it's easier on the external. It was, yeah, but it's, so you got to practice. So when you said, how would I tell somebody to learn, have compassion for themselves? 
at the beginning, you may have to use that. Okay, I would say this to that person. Okay, well, now I'm going to say it to myself. Then say, I am powerful. And he did it. I am powerful. I am loving. I am capable. And just that little bit. But he was able, he he had to, at the beginning, have an external hook to bring him internal. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. With, with, with us, we do. Suppose somehow I could love myself. Suppose somehow I could be kinder to myself. Suppose somehow I could accept myself. So even with the EFT, we don't even go, kind of say you must. It's like, suppose, maybe, maybe I could love myself. Maybe I could be kind. I say I'm learning to be compassionate. I'm learning to love myself. Beautiful. I'm learning to, to, um, to, to know myself. I'm learning. I'm learning because you're learning. And and compassion doesn't have to be a doing. It's if you sometimes people, like I said, a loving mother to her child, that's compassion. So you have to remember don't get into this completion delusion. That's another thing that comes from my teacher. A lot of us have this completion delusion. When I do this, I'll be happy. When I do this, I'll be healed. When I do this, yeah, it's a lifelong pro- process. Yes. You are the project. You 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 are. So be gentle, keep practicing, um, and 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 uh, find what works for you. I call it. Everybody's so unique. So create your own toolbox, create your own recipe book, and keep it in your in your in your little satchel or whatever you want to call it. But it is also very important self accountability. You could go to all the healers in the world. You can go to all the seminars, listen to all the books, do all the research. All, every single one of those is a blessing until you, it's, I like the word self-realization for me because until you take accountability and shift it within yourself, something will shift. You, you will st- start to, um, okay, I, hopefully, I think I want to tie this to something that I think people can realize. How many people out there feel like they spend their life coming from a squeeze versus an overflow? So if you're spending your life coming from a squeeze, I'm giving all the time. Why isn't anybody giving back to me? You know, and then you get resentful and then you get resistance. That means you've got to shift something because you're doing, you're not letting the, you're not coming from an overflow. You're not filling yourself up. How can you give when you're empty? Does uh-huh. that analysis Absolutely. So you got to practice, or if I'm coming from a squeeze, wait, I need to shift something. What what can I shift inside of me? Do I need to, when was the last time I took care of myself? And a lot of people would go, go, go work. Okay. I got to make this money. You got to get the salad. I got to take care of the kids. I got to look good for this. I got, those are all great things to do. But when do you stop? When do you take What about you? What about you? And for those, uh, I just want to say is, Something simple, people take 10 seconds, three times out of the day. Take 10 seconds, feel your feet on the earth, look up at the sky, count to 10, if that's all you can do. Being present with those emotions, being present with the now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never knew that, but we're going to have to wind this up now, my beautiful cousin Opinda, because I can't record again for the third, fourth time. So going to have to wrap it up there. But I can, what I can say is that... Uh, you have put it beautifully that this is a lifelong process um, and you do need a toolbox um, and you do need to love yourself and, and kind of how, how, you, you, you finish this off with your wise words. Cause you're wiser than I am. It, it's yeah. Well, no, I'm not wiser than anybody, but it's, it's, 
You are worthy of loving yourself. All that you give out to other people, start giving it to yourself and see what happens. It's going to feel weird at the beginning. People are going to call you selfish, especially those that are used to you giving. But if you think about it, the more you give to yourself when you love yourself, the more you can genuinely give to others, not because you have to or obligation or because you should or would. Then you're being authentic. You're yeah. being genuine. And genuine. you're being who you are. The genuine part of you can come out and yeah. be gentle. Check out the Heart of the Matter app. Um, Ritu has my email information, you know, um, and, um, use a scream towel guys. Scream towel. And yeah, I will push people. You'll see it on the website. I'll put all OP's details there. Like I said, I don't sell people on this show, but you know, as you can see, this woman knows what she's saying, what she's doing. And, uh, she's got a, a, a mad journey that she just shared with you. And I, I am full of gratitude for having you on my first ever interview here on the, on the journal of Missy D. So grateful to be here. And yeah, no push, no pressure. If anybody feels called, just contact Ritu. It's just, I'm here to be of service. Um, for me, it's a service. It's, it's, that's what I'm here to do and help, help people along their journey. Before I go, I wanted to also tell you that this woman, my cousin, makes the most amazing samosas in Hawaii, right? The oh, yes. Person, the only person in Kauai that sells Indian samosas. Indian jana rice chicken curry. I'm the only not the only, I'm the only person that does what I do. Yes, there's not in one all rest- Hawaii or just Kauai. Kauai, Kauai on Kauai. Kauai, Kauai in Kauai on the island of Kauai. She's the only. So if you ever visit Kauai in Hawaii, uh, then you need to look up. Uh, what is your Shakti. catering company? Shakti Indian Cuisine. Shakti Indian Cuisine, and I think your healing is also Shakti Integrative Healing. Shakti Integrative Healing. Don't ask me how on my website. It just showed up. The food thing just happened after my seizure thing. I was told to make samosas. An old man who adopted me here, uh, John, asked me to make samosas. And I made samosas. And my first market, I made 200 samosas. Had to break down. Somebody went and bought two full trays, samosa sold. And everybody said, can you make anything else? Can you make anything else? I'm like, bloody hell, my Bibi and my Nani, which are my grandparents. I was trained. You know, you must find a good husband, doctor, lawyer, engineer. Um, I learned to cook. And before I know it, I'm making the different dishes. And now I'm grateful. The You know, growing Very good. cook. Now I'm yeah. making it turn into a little business. So I love feeding people. And to me, it's a seva. You do. Yeah, I'm good. I can yeah, give yeah. away the food. And can I just add there, the world's biggest and probably most expensive samosas you're ever going to buy, but you're getting your money's worth because I'm blown away how much you sell those samosas for, but we won't even go there. You're going to have to find out yourself. Do you know what, Opinda? Because it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and thank you for all of your insight into, and I think, I don't think we've covered it in this one, so we're going to probably going to have you back at some point and maybe, maybe get some other guests on as well. So my stupid computer is telling me you're running out of time again i will have to pay zoom to have a full uh thing I when i want to say thank you because this is and and everybody listening thank you so much bear with me if i spoke too much or i went up on tangents this is my first ever podcast i've this R- missy d got me out of my box i don't um um promote do i don't it's my first ever telling my story so i'm very very grateful and humbled by the opportunity and if it helps anyone um my heart is in deep 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 gratitude well it's been a pleasure and i shall be seeing you ass next year because you're getting married i know my god
So uh, her beautiful fiance has proposed. What's his name? Anthony. Anthony, I, I, I just wanted you to say that. Anthony, and we are going to be having, hopefully, a wedding in Hawaii on yes, the beach. In June, next year. Oh, is it in June? June, yes. The day seven set. I you, I sent it to your mom. and no, Anu. No. Oh, shoot. Sorry. You omitted, you're you omitted the, the, t- the cherry <laughs> on the top, darling, is the greatest, <laughs> oldest granddaughter of them all. Yeah, I, I thought Indian wireless got through to you, like coconut wireless here on Kauai. No, no, June, that's fine, because I'll be completely healed by then, and I'll be uh, hanging out in Hawaii with you, so that'll be amazing. Oh, you know, you can be our DJ, because Anthony's a DJ, but he can't DJ our wedding, obviously, uh-huh. so take over. Oh, my God, awesome, because your brother DJ's too big, we'll double-head it, wicked. There you go, I just hired my DJs, guys, woo, this is awesome, <laughs> thank you. in the house, that's amazing, because I haven't been on the decks for a long time, so I look forward to doing that for you. That's my you gift don't... to you. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I love you so, so, so much, uh, Cuz, and uh, thank you. So grateful for coming on. And yeah, I think maybe I'm going to have to dial up you one day in the future again and we'll talk some more. We'll talk some more. We'll talk again before then. But I love you. And I'm so, and um, just for you on your journey, um, witnessing you and the level of trust. Because look, like you said, like people tell me, thank you for doing sessions. I'm just doing a workshop right now. And I have to tell people, look, None of this would be happening if you hadn't said yes, if you hadn't taken this action, if you hadn't put the foot forward. No person can come there. And remember, there's nothing in you that needs to be fixed. You know, you, you're nothing wrong with, you know, and uh, uh, you're not you're, you're just remembering who you really are. And you're you're an example of that. Everybody's healers. People have a concept of what a healer is. Everybody is a healer in my eyes. But to me, everybody is a healer. Yeah, I truly just- believe that. And I'm, I feel very grateful now that I, I became so chronically ill because otherwise I would have just carried on in life and it would be meaningless. And now I've met some amazing people. I've got all this toolbox. I lear- I'm learning about who I am as a human, uh, about loving kindness, about consciousness, about uh, hiring my vibrations, about showing love, about God within me. There's just so much that otherwise I would have just been like, oh, yeah, I'm a radio DJ. Go DJ and drink and, you know, just dance and party and have a meaningless life. The, the, for me, being ill is completely meaningful and I, I'm grateful. Yeah, it is a blessing. It is. It sounds weird to say a lot of people, why is this happening to me? But if we step back and look at Missy D's journey, um, spirit, God, whatever intervenes, helps us however it can to to get us on track. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. it has to be extreme because he knows how stubborn we are. He knew how stubborn I was. That's why I had to have the seizure. He's like, this one, she is not going to stop until I stop her. She's it's not going to listen. And Missy D is very stubborn. It's in our family. <laughs> maybe she'll pay attention now so yeah. right and here you are doing it and you're helping a lot of people just by being you that's me people you don't realize whoever you are you don't have to be a healer if just by being you your authentic self you give other people permission to be themselves yeah just yeah. be who you are your mess is your message that's the dean grazio thing i, I took that yeah. from him powerful you know, Absolutely. Think- I, I, sometimes I just wish that people sometimes would spend, you know, people go on Google all day and they're on text message all day and they're on Facebook and Instagram and they're looking at fashion and houses and cars and what can I get from this materialistic world that they actually research more into this, into healing, into life, into consciousness and into, you know, becoming into a good human. 
becoming good human. The last part I want to add to this, I know we have to go is another thing. It just, I felt, I feels like you're seeing all these research and a lot of people, I feel like it's very important, especially because my dad passed recently is people we're born into this world. We're going to live. You're going to leave this life. How much plan goes into the one thing that we know is all going to happen. And out of having love and care for those that you're going to leave behind, write out your will, do your advanced directive. How do you want your funeral to be? So that way your kids, your siblings, your significant other isn't left behind fighting over this is what they wanted. No, I know better. I knew them Mm. better. Why not take the time to face that part, not from a morbid place, but from a place of having love and compassion for those that will be left behind? Because we're conditioned. We're conditioned to think that it is a morbid thing. It's an untouchable thing. It's like kissing. You know that when they used to say kissing to the sina, there's like, I don't want to talk about death. I don't want to know. That's a selfishness in that. And I'm calling it out because there's a selfishness in that because look at how, look, if each individual looks at people that have passed in their life and how much, I don't know, I've, I've witnessed it. How much arguing goes on between family members? Oh, the property, this. Oh, the money, this. Yeah. Oh, no, they wanted this. Oh, no, they wanted to be buried. Oh, no, they wanted to be cremated. You know, you can cut all of that out. All of that doesn't have to happen. Yeah. It can happen if you as an individual would take the time to just, it doesn't have to be an intent. If all you write it out, this is what I would like, put the piece of paper away. Yeah, and also on the, uh, to finish it off there, because I've got literally one minute on it, yeah? Just basically being able to forgive those people that wronged you in this life before you pop off. It would just give you a better, um, I would say, a, a better time in the box. You know, you've been the coffee going, right, I've forgiven everyone. I can now nicely go to my next life. Who knows what's going to be your next life, whatever. But I will say it's brownie points. You gain it's those brownie points. Important. Ask for forgiveness. Be kind. Be forgiving. Let fucking go. And just Don't move on. Don't wait until the end because I also um, took a course on being a death doula on helping people pass over. And one of the biggest regrets is when people are, oh, I should have, I wish I had. Why didn't I say this? Why could have, would have. Just don't, don't wait. And, and, and to leave it on a high note, I mean, we're blessed with this life. It's a gift, no matter if it struggles or not. If we didn't have the hardships in our life, we wouldn't be grateful for the good times. I have no regrets. All the hardship that I went through, I believe it or not. I wouldn't change it for anything. The hardest of the hardest, the darkest of the darkest. People might call me crazy. But to me, if those didn't happen, I would not be who I am today. I'm today. And the journey you have been on is amazing. And the opinder that you are today is Thank completely you. different to the the madnutty 13, 17 year old I knew back then. Like, where's OP? She's in the old trees. In the almond trees? Who's she with? What boy is she with? And then I'll be after Vicky. <laughs> Who's Vicky with? Why is he going drinking and drugs and all that shit? But I mean, that was then. This is now, you know? Yeah, I tell you. Now is the, the thing we finish on, I guess. Uh, because get in there, but you only get OP to come out. Only when she needs to. <laughs> we put her to sleep right now. You know, that's okay. But she's still there, but she's she's quiet time now. <laughs> love yourself. It's, good. It's, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. Right, this is going to knock me off. So I'm going to love you and leave you, cuz. And thank you so much for joining me on the Journal of Missy D 2.0. And hopefully um, you will help someone out there with all the beautiful information that you shared. And we'll get you back on at some point. Love you, cuz. And you, mwah. see you later. <laughs> Bye. Hot, sweet, you love me. Love you, Dean.
Missy D.